Hello and welcome to our 120th Roundup episode of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation, paid media and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry or even just get my favourite script of the week, like, comment and follow me on Facebook twitter or instagram on my handle mindswanppc or just to see snippets and quotes um from the previous podcast that i've done and the roundups that we've done and just see quotes and um, things like that just um, follow us on um, our podcast instagram page that is ppc chat underscore roundup so today has been a busy second day working at um as a cmo of brain labs digital yeah it was an exciting um yeah announcement that uh, that was made recently of me joining brain labs and yes the time has come yeah notice period has been notice period has been done all previous um work connections has been cut off i am a pure brain labs digital employee right now um in very exciting times indeed there was like about 16 people in our induction so yeah they are growing really fast and i'm just really proud and excited to be part of the team everyone is just so welcome and it just feels like it's just such a um like kind of team of where everybody wants you to win so yeah hopefully all we do is win do you know the song? Anyway, <laughs> in this week's discussion, Julie Bicini leads us on the topic of PPC hiring and HR. And I can definitely identify with that as I just recently got hired um, and just seeing what like um, the team, the Brain Labs team have been with, um, have been like and have to have had to um, um, change their ways and, ad- ad- and adapt to the new systems of doing inductions. It's been very interesting, and um, yeah, it wouldn't go without notice that this has a, has had this has has there has had to be even um, a lot of change during this time, as most people um, wouldn't be comfortable with face to face interviews. Um, so, how do you judge quality? What's the process? You know, how has the first few days of working remotely feel felt like for both the employee and um, and and the person who um, hired them? Um, and yeah, as a new employee, I definitely have thoughts on this, so you'll hear about that. But before we get into that, our quiz of the week, drumroll. Yes, as today's topic is about hiring, the question will be along that line. Um, So our question is, which company, according to martechvibe.com, is the largest digital agency in the world? And it's like, to just give you a bit of a clue, it's a network agency. So which company is the largest digital agency in the world? Um, Yeah, answer is coming at the end of the podcast. So listen up and back to our chat. Um, and as usual, Julie, um, uh, you invite us in our chat today, saying thank you all for joining me today. We will be talking about PPC hiring, recruiting, and HR. Many thanks to Dwayne Brown for most of today's questions. But first, how are you all doing? And yeah, as I've mentioned, a long and tiring day of being second day at um, Brain Labs, which definitely has been a lot of fun so far. Um, Julie answers, I'm doing okay here in um, Philadelphia. I think that's what PA stands for even. Um, We had a beautiful long weekend, week two of virtual schooling, working and managing a puppy is in full swing. Oh, that must be something. 
Um, Mark, Mark Saltarelli replies, hello, PPC chat fam. I'm doing fabulous. I spent the weekend at the beach for a nice farewell to the summer and to get away from the ominous Google changes. Yes, so did I. I'm actually just coming back from a holiday at, in Gibraltar. Um, and I think I've mentioned this um, on um, the LinkedIn group or just uh, the Instagram pages just to say that, yeah, not going to be around. So there was not going to be around this last week. So there was no PPC chat roundup. Um, so, yeah, I hope you join the chat even. Colin Slattery, Slattery, sorry, Colin Slattery even says very much looking forward to this. I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed with the work, to be honest, and taking the weekend off just making me feel behind. Part of the reason this chat will be good. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, um, Jordan Stark saying, hey, PPC chat fam, had a great weekend, ready to get back to it. And then we've got Julie giving us question one saying, when do you start to think about hiring for the team? What factors play in the decision to hire? Um, Colin Slattery replies, I hadn't really thought about it until right now. Probably should have done it before I had 50 plus billable hours a week to fulfill. Oh, wow. He definitely needs help. Gun Schmelzel replies, the answer has changed as agency grew. At first, I thought about it when I needed to offload what I've been doing lately. It's becoming more about backfilling others or growing capabilities. Mark Soltarelli replies, we think about hiring when in incoming and long-term work exceeds teamwork capacity. The larger factor is the ratio of long-term client work versus teamwork capacity. Other considerations would be still experience, still, sorry, skill or experience gap, um, gaps that we are seeking to fill and grow goals. Gil Gilner replies, Dis, um, Disco Sloth hired our first full-time employee when the workload was too much for the two of us to handle independently. The weird thing was once we did this, it allowed, allowed us to focus on quality of clients, which ended up providing even more time and revenue. Always the same. Everybody thinks that, you know, you're hiring more people. That means, oh, you're losing out and you're going to be spending more on um, employee than gaining in. But you just uh, it just means that you give more quality to your clients, meaning that you can get more revenue. They want to pay you more to do more stuff. Um, Julia Vice replies, curiosity, problem solving, energy, someone with more experience who will wait a day before Googling something will not do well at our pace. Julie Bicini replies, my hiring consists of other consultants to work on projects. My goal is to have ongoing working relationships, but this is different from an actual employee. Jordan Stark replies, I usually start thinking um, about it when the capacity of my team approaches a certain level. If there are sales coming down to the pipeline, but everyone is full, it's too late. There's a sweet spot. I think the number one trait we look for um, is hunger to learn and grow. Um, and then, yeah, Julia Weiss continues with her answer to question um, one, saying factors on the team side, are things not getting done? Do we just need a buyer who do a, who do a bit of search setup or do we need a whole person who can optimize reports, etc.? Dogar Thomas replies to question one, saying, um, number one, what do we need? Do we need a worker or thinker? Number two, within that, do we have a defined role or does the person need to define their role for themselves? Three, reverse culture fit. Who are we missing at the table? Yeah, that's a good way to fill that. So not just work overload, over, um, overflow, but actually defined um, a defined role. 
Um, and then, yeah, we've got him continuing. Dog continues. A big question that I'm thinking about too. Are we set up for hiring someone else? Do we have a manager? Is that manager manager managing or doing? Do we have a bad process that we can refine or are we starting from scratch? These are all things you can ask around in interviews. Definitely. And that is what, you know, this is what I say about when you're interviewing and you're going for a job, you have the power as well. You know, you don't want to go into a job just because you need a job and then you go there and be unhappy, not realize, realizing that you don't have someone who's actually going to be managing you and helping you build your career. And But you see, I just are lucky for people to, you know, dump work on. Um, yeah, that's those are the those are the instances where people, lots of people leave. Um, Julie Vice replies, oh, I love that reverse culture fit. It's um, I'm totally using that um, as my giant Strax Corp even. Um, and then, yeah, Dogger Thomas will continue saying it's something that I've thought a lot about. There's little value in some aspects of traditional culture fit, but especially as a straight white male, I, I need people who will say, nah, I've got knowledge in this area. That's not how life works. Um, and then, yeah, Sam replies, this is a great list. Definitely see some parallels with our process here. Um, though I try to avoid the number one dichotomy, I found it's maddeningly, mad, maddeningly, difficult to get <laughs> to be good at uh, strategy or being a thinker if you don't know how to operationalize it worker or have all the pieces move or how all the pieces move yeah so that's why a lot of the times uh, when you start off in the career especially digital you start off as being the worker and then the higher up you go you become the thinker and that's why the senior people are more the thinkers and then Dogar Thomas um, continues um, saying, absolutely, I really struggle with managers who don't know how to do the thing, but it's more an approach question. Will they be able to explain what they're doing or do we just need someone who can do it? Is it one thing or a lot of different things? And then Julie goes on to question two saying, um, when hiring, do you write a job description? And if so, who writes it? What do you decide? Anything you never put in a job description. I'm really hoping there's always a job description. Even when um, um, Dan approached me with the CMO role, there was a bit of a description of like, you know, what the expectations are going to be, what um, I'm expected to work with, the pros and cons. And um, yeah, so definitely I always feel that there should be a job description. And to answer that, Sam goes, always write a job description, agree, um, knowing full well that you might end up revising it. Exactly. People involved are A, peers. What do you do every day? What should this person be able to do in order to work successfully with you? Um, what is missing from our current list? Um, and then he continues his answer to question two, saying direct managers, i.e. what should this person be doing? What capacity is lacking in current team members? What special expertise do you wish we had plus senior team, i.e. how does this position fit long term with our um, growth goals? Um, and he, can, um, he finally goes, we, re we view every hire as, long as, um, as a long term investment. So we do a lot of work to find the right person. It's never an easy balance to strike between immediate needs, potential gaps plus long term direction. But it's better, in my opinion, to get clarity from everyone up front some very amazing points there and I, and I know it might be hard to put those in practice but yeah everyone should 
Um, Jaleel Vice replies to question two saying, I do write a job description. I try to ask um, the same for proficiency questions of everyone. So I have a real basis of comparison. That said, don't be so rigid. You, rigid, you miss an opportunity to hire your next star. Exactly. Glenn Schmelzer replies, I'll draft um, a laundry list, but then filter it down severely to avoid a dog's breakfast of skills that no living human actually possesses. Talent tends to have a cluster of skills, must um, pay heed and not ask for total, totally disparate skills. Mark Soltarelli replies, we do include a job description. Generally, our CMO drafts an initial job description and then I and the rest of the management team edit to what we're looking for. Oh, if the CMO is doing job descriptions, does that mean that's going to be my role very soon? Ooh, interesting. And Mark continues says that, saying that we make sure to include the skills and level of expertise we're looking for. We never include years of experience or education requirement as we have found these really do not directly affect expertise. I totally agree with that. And I've got a friend um, as well who's like, yeah, d d don't have, don't, doesn't... Um, meet into that box standard you know years of experience um and you know education requirements um but he's a like a, a absolute whiz the best like paid social manager i have ever met so yes i'm always actually going to him for advice and help with some especially paid social questions that i've got and then Julie goes on to question three saying, um, what channels or placements do you use to let people know you are hiring? One thing I've seen a lot is LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the is one of the best spots right now because people know it's a recruitment platform, it's a work platform, it's a business platform. So you get loads of alerts about job roles. I also know there's Indeed. I know there's monster.co.uk. There is read.co.uk. And sometimes you just need to go to the career um, page of um the the company themselves and in reply to question three we've got gil gildner replying saying we used to use the typical platforms monster indeed etc but the 300 plus applicants per position were complete trash while we transitioned to an entirely manual approach through networks or reaching out manually to people on linkedin so yeah that's not the first time I've gotten a job through LinkedIn. A friend of mine has gotten a job through LinkedIn. And um, yeah, it's always worked well. So I think employers, yeah, look on LinkedIn and, you know, get some of get some of that going, some of that recruitment going. Um, Dora Thomas replies to question three saying the highest, um, the highest quality candidates I've seen are from local job boards. You don't get the auto clickers from, say, Zip Recruiter or LinkedIn. You get local candidates, which has value even in these remote days. You can pre vet candidates with connectors um, and then he goes those platforms are a lot harder and have the challenge of being ex um, exclusionary to folks who know them but I got a lot out of work NOLA when I lived in New Orleans work NOLA so yeah a collaboration of many local partners this site offers those looking to move to New Orleans a way to search and apply for job that is such a good system yeah for like local employees so um yeah if I want to, to move to New Orleans I know where to go <laughs> so yeah Julia Vice did a replies to question three seeing a blend LinkedIn for sure but the hiring board for our network as well lots of asking around and recruiting um hiring in our area is quite a chore yeah definitely tell me about it Sam replies to question three saying we use a pretty manual process, some LinkedIn ads, but mostly personal networks, vertical or niche job boards. Shout out to PPC Heroes, job board plus recruiters. You see, that's another thing. 
you know, moving. Um, we've got some big plans for um, as PPC Hero Hero and um, Hannah Pin and that whole network has been born by Brain Lamps. And I feel BBC Hero does have a great brand and we need to work on how the future of that um, gets maintained with um, the history it has built over the years. And then we've got Mark Saltarelli replying to question three, saying we use Indeed and LinkedIn postings, um, but also rely heavily on promoting openings through our own networks. Indeed and LinkedIn can drive a lot of junk, so we integrate application forms with HubSpot so we can see how much research applicants are doing um, on our site. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Daniel Vardy replying to question two, saying we just updated our job description. We used to hire for PPC or SEO or CRO independently, but now our hire will be digital analysts so we can train their off um, their focus based on what we need at the moment and grow from there. And then we've got, um, yeah, Julie going, great chat so far. I have eight questions I want to get, so I'm going to keep them coming. Uh, question four, do you include a salary range in your job descriptions or listings? How do you decide what to pay for a role? Does your company have salary ranges? And in response to this, we've got um, Julia Weiss going, Giant Strex um, Corp sets the range, a bit of room to negotiate, but not much. We sometimes hire based on what we can get for the pay they'll approve, uh, for the pay they'll approve rather than for, for the skills we need. Oh, that's unfortunate, I think. John Kagan replies to question three saying LinkedIn or Facebook is easy. Then we move on Indeed. And if it's a lot of our junior folks, college Fairs. Mark Saltarelli replies to question four saying, I'm generally not part of salary discussions, so I can't offer much insight there. Um, we do not have salary ranges and we do not include any, any on job listings. Salaries are generally personalized based on a combination of experience, position and expectations. John Kagan replies, no, we have an initial screening call with them. If they make it past that, we let them know the range and give them the option to continue or bow out. Salary, salary really depends on experience and geography due to regionalized cost of living. Yeah, there are loads of different factors. And yeah, I feel, I feel it's unfortunate, unfortunate that, you know, salary can just change based on where you live. But I do understand it because, because cost of living does definitely have to be um, factored in. Glenn Schmelzel replies to question four saying we're using a combination of pay for time and performance, which rules out naming salary ranges. The systems defy comparisons and would only confuse people trying to decide based on their market value. Gil Gildner replies, we don't have salary ranges. We're just too small. I just asked the person what they're expecting. Old school. For our last hire, we approached someone from in-house. We asked what they um, what they made and gave them a major percent bump to convince them to hop over to Disco Sloth. Very good upon there. Daniel Vardy replies, um, we have a salary range. Uh, we have salary ranges and we try to look at the market to see what everyone else is doing. Typically, I think we start on the lower end, but higher percent, higher percent of the raises. Um, Sam replies, um, we don't get specific ones, but we do outline a range using A, the skills required, B, experience required, C, data shared by recruiters or networks where um, we can go outside of the range for the right candidate, but is but as with anything, I think budgets are good. Um, well, I think think budgets are good. Yeah. So yeah, Julia Vice replies, hey, you can't afford what you can't afford. Exactly. If that person brings in unexpected revenue, bonus. Sam replies, exactly. Our entire leadership group is fine with investing in the right candidate, which is quite nice. That being said, I do like to have the range so we can quickly determine if we're in the same ballpark. 
And then, yeah, Julie goes on to question five saying, how do you filter CVs or resumes? Do you use any outside service for this? I think that's the difficult one. And, and um, yeah, it's not really about CVs. I really think it's about speaking to the people and um, speaking to the person and seeing how they respond to things. Um, and then, yeah, Gil Gilner replies to question five saying, the last time I manually read through something like 350 resumes until my eyes bled. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. How long did that take? Um, then I manually vetted a couple of dozen, then realized um, resumes have 0% relevance to whether the person is actually legit or not. I totally believe in that. Anyone can lie in a CV, you know, and I just think it's important to, yeah, yeah, and I know CV has to be the first point of call, but, you know, you can always tell by what someone writes in the CV and from the first five minutes of them talking whether they have the skills, if, if you um, if you vet it properly and if you do it properly. And I'm really hoping a lot of people don't lie in their CVs, but it's not hard to lie in your CV and just to get your foot into the door. So yeah, reading 350 resumes, I'd never do that. <laughs> Daniel Vardy then replies to question five saying, thank God it's not my job to do that. I don't think I can tell if someone is, is a good hire from CV or cover letter. Glenn Smalls replies, I'd rather be the author of my own mistakes, so I keep it in-house for now. Sam replies, all manual, three-staged process, one initial screening versus the JD cuts out 20-70% of the resumes. Yep, two detailed review by senior team and direct supervisor eliminates 50% of remaining and three verification of the good ones before interview and then going on to question six we've got julie asking what is your framework for your first in-person or video interview do you do a phone call interview to screen applicants and in response to that, we've got Gil Gildner replying saying, I like to email folks back and forth before scheduling a Zoom call. If someone takes two plus days to get back to me, not interested. I like that test. That filters out most of the tire kickers. We tend to know right off the bat once we get on a call, if we're going to hire someone. Yeah, you can get a vibe. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Mark Saltarelli replying saying, generally someone does a 15, 15 to 30 minute phone screen before our first in person. The format is generally two to three managers with the candidate, saves people's times and is more casual. We brainstorm general and personalized questions before and it flows naturally from there. I do think it just really needs to be a conversation and that really looks like what they're doing here. Gil then continues his answer to question six saying, we've learned to hire based on how much we get along with someone. Yes, it's, it's, it's the vibe. They need to be competent, but it's also a lot about the vibe. As long as the competency is there, skills hardly matter and can be trained. What we can't do is train work ethic and attitude. No, you cannot train that. John Kagan replies to question five saying HR filters for bare minimum requirements, experience, geography, etc. Then passes on to the team for a few rounds of vetting. Um, and then Julie, Julie goes on to question seven saying, what does the first day and week look like for someone hired on the team? Do you have an organized or formal onboarding process for new hires? Um, John Kagan then replies to question six saying, um, first one is a call, meet with one client lead and one mid or senior person in the department to see if they feel you or have the right chemistry. Um, Mark Saltarelli then yeah, replies to Gil Gildner where um, Gil had talked about, we've learned to hire based on how much we get along with someone. Mark replies to that saying exactly chemistry is so important to success and you can generally figure out how well someone will learn or how hard they will work based on how they answer questions and what questions they ask you so yeah 
I always use the questions I, I reply with to indicate whether I want the job or not. And some interviews I've gone in where I did not like how the interview was going and when I didn't want the job and when they asked me, do you have any questions? I just said no. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know all I need to know and I know I do not want the job. Um, I think they still called me, tried to call me for a second um, stage interview. Anyway. And so, yeah, going on to um, Julia Vice's answer to question seven, saying day one is a lot of paperwork, introducing them to the network, intros to the team, onboarding to one client, specific tasks assigned, status meetings scheduled. And yeah, this is um, the question about what a first day um, kind of looks like. So yeah, that can be a busy one and very different um, for our present time right now, I would definitely say. Um, Yeah. So Julia, does Julia says day one is a lot of paperwork, introducing them to the network, interest to the team, onboarding to one client, specific tasks assigned, status meetings included, meetings scheduled. Although I'd say first day, first week should be a lot of inductions and getting to know the, know the team. Anyway, Mark Saltarelli then replies to question seven saying, um, our onboarding program is a work in progress. Currently, we have the daily trainings or check-ins with the new employees. We make sure they meet the whole team and we have them complete the basic online trainings and certifications. Uh, Mark continues then saying from there on, we assign them work based on tasks or skills. We want them to learn within the limitations of available client work and train them one-to-one to complete that task. Um, as we've been doing one-to-one trainings, we've been recording them for future hires. Very good idea. And then we've got Gil Gildner replying to question seven, saying the first two weeks are mostly familiarization. We like to hand super small accounts over and monitor or train on these accounts. No formal onboarding process beyond a few simple docs detailing perks, six weeks paid vacation, no required hours, etc., and how they can be used. Um, Ashley Ashby replies to question seven, saying um, task-focused training sounds like the best way to learn and become successful in a role. Um, and then we've got, yeah, Julie going on to question eight, even I'm um, saying that, what do you wish you could do better with recruitment and hiring? But before we get into those answers, there's a thread here that I've picked up that I find is very interesting. And it seems like it's quite a few of our experts thought as was. Um, this is all going all the way back to question one saying, when do you start thinking about hiring for a team? Daniel Vardy replied, you want to be ahead of a client increase. Um, one, we have very long onboarding training plan, two months, eight hours of actual training time per week. So we always have to hire early. No one gets really good at PPC until they are nine months in. So hire early. Um, that Glenn Schmelzer replies, yes, Daniel, I bet that's a nine month period where the platforms have been stable. It's probably longer in times of feature or market turbulence. Yeah. Daniel Vardy replies, we also pretty much only hire new to the industry. So the upfront cost to hire, train and learn is pretty steep, but the plus side is turnover is really low and most of us stay for years. So we get all the costs back. Um, Julia Vice replies to that, say, I have the very opposite hiring juniors and training them up and they they flip over to somewhere else like a dang revolving door part of it is pay but it's happened so many times and yeah I agree with that that is actually really what I have seen people get trained up and they leave because yeah they feel like they have this higher skills right now and then they can ask for more money 
Daniel Vardy replies, yeah, it's tough when they leave, just when they are starting to get good at their job. With a really long interview, a hiring process and long training, the new people get to work with every single human that the agency, so it makes it even harder to leave. Real guilt trip. That's a good one. Um, Julia Vice replies, um, our area is one of the most expensive in North America. Guilt does not pay the rent. Yeah. And um, she continues, oh, hey, look at that. As of Feb this year, it's the most expensive market in North America and costliest in the western hemisphere salaries gotta match the cost yeah if you don't pay enough people will leave daniel vada replies have you guys considering hiring remotely that may be a question on ppc chat next um and yeah julie replies i feel like managing remote teams might be a whole chat in and of itself especially now yes definitely um and then yeah daniel replies yeah it's a lot harder than you'd think people for the most part like working from home but we need human interaction at least a little bit julia replies well i know everyone likes remote that's a real thing that the cool factor doesn't really acknowledge in a real way at least not yet and if someone is doing something they don't like they might not say exactly people are really like scared to mention something that they don't like or people will say that they want to go back into the office and then when the option comes they don't i don't i don't understand that but we've i've been seeing that and gil gilner replies we have been entirely remote for three plus years but i don't even necessarily like it all the time sometimes water coolers are nice yeah exactly that's very much a point um and then ashley ashby um replies to this saying a fine balance between not wanting to disrupt people but also collaborating when required that's hard to navigate when everyone is on their own very true and then now going on to the answers for question eight, um, where the question was, what do you wish you could do better when recruiting? With recruiting and hiring, Daniel Vada replies, day one is paperwork, meet the team, go over the training plan. Week one through eight are mixed in with actual training, hands-on practice of assignments, listening to calls, etc. I do think that's his answer to question seven, to be fair. <laughs> John Kagan replies to question seven, saying a lot of HR paperwork and login access. It, it will feel uncomfortable how quiet or tolerable it is. Week two is unleash the beast. And that's a, a gift John has attached there. Uh, Julia Vice replies, retain talent, retain talent. I'm so effed so often because talent heads elsewhere. Glenn Schmelzer replies, suppose improved way, um, suppose improved way to find cultural fit. I can't find any way to get folks aligned with our values without trying them out and seeing how they react. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's nothing else to be do, done about that really. You just have to test it out is I, what I feel. Daniel Vardy replies, I wish we could identify quicker when something isn't working and why. Yep, test it out and throw it out of the way or roll it out. That's the way of PPC, isn't it? Mark Saltarelli replies, one thing I'm trying to get better at is using case study assignments to get a better idea of where candidates are expertise wise. I think there are great concrete ways to see how candidates think strategically. He continues, um, we also need to work on getting a better feedback loop from applicants on the interview process to make sure candidates are having a positive experience. Has anyone encouraged candidates to write Glassdoor reviews after the process is over? That is what should be done. I use Glassdoor reviews a lot. 
And with that, we come to the end of our chat. Julie goes, thank you all for a great chat today. I will be hosting again next week. Topic to be determined. And yes, there's going to be recap um, posts uh, that there's going to be going out of this podcast, of course, and of Korea blog, blog, um, doing a blog about this chat as well. But yeah, I think that has been a really interesting one. Um, basically, yeah, about PPC hiring and the new remote ways of working. Although, yeah, that whole remote ways of working, that could be a whole chat on its own um but before um i leave you um leave you here i'm gonna we're gonna go back to our quiz of the week um and the question was which company according to marktechvibe.com is the largest digital agency in the world and the answer is drumroll accenture interactive so i hope you got that i was not I've, honestly i will be honest and say i've not actually heard of the company until i googled that today but yeah accenture interactive is the world's largest digital agency network and i'll be looking into that later as to which companies they own maybe i'll recognize some of that anyway so Hope you found this talk very useful, took, taking some great takeaways, some tips on how to, um, you know, filter out good and bad TVs, how to do, uh, you know, some of the things to think about when um, doing posing questions, um, and, and especially on tips on don't read 350 CVs, you know, because that is just painstaking and you just need to get through it as fast <laughs> as you can. Um, and not even as fast as you can. The first uh, 10 or 20 that comes through the door, I say... Yeah, speak to them. Speak to them as quickly as you can. Get to the speaking and the vibe process of the interview process as quickly as you can. Um, yeah, if you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solutions, just get to me. Um, just get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindswan.com. And remember, for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye. Bye.